Alrighty, good people. Hi! Welcome to another episode of High Resolution Life. I'm in a bit of a different place if you're watching via video. Um, you can see I'm actually at, uh, perhaps you can guess where I am. I'm at a pipe organ console. So um, this is part of one of my uh, many jobs which creative people tend to have to do. Um, and uh, this is a pipe organ at Holy Trinity Episcopal Church. I've been uh, doing this gig since oh, spring 2017. Um, so I first started as a fill-in uh, because the principal organist was ill and you know I was filling in for her for a bit. Uh, it ended up working out becoming a regular position that worked well for the both of us. Um, and this pipe organ here, this is a Wix organ uh, from apparently Highland, Illinois. Shout out to anybody in Illinois. Yay, Midwest! Not that I know anything about the Midwest being a Pennsylvania girl, although I am wearing plaids. Maybe I fit in uh, with people from the Midwest. Who knows? So, um, we, uh, this is a six-rank organ, so we have six ranks. Um, so, not huge, not like the cathedral, like the Crystal Cathedral in Washington, D.C. or anything, but this is a nice organ in good shape. It gets the job done, so yay, we like that. So, um, basically I wanted to share uh, and illuminate a little bit or um, draw attention to some of the things that I do uh, and make this a bit of a regular thing of things that I work with with the pipe organ and what's involved in just the basic process of being a musician and what's involved and why you don't really find that many organists anymore. And I want to give a disclaimer that by far there, I think there are much better organists out there. Uh, I think there's even much better organists than me in Altoona, for sure. That is needless to say. Um, but I'm, I'm doing my thing. I hold my own, and I think people at the churches that I work at are pretty happy. I don't want to speak for everyone, but I think everybody seems pretty happy with uh, what I do. So, um, first, you know, I have on the horizon, I have to be worried about Easter will be coming up. Um, it will be the first week of April this year, I believe. Um now, from what I understand, it changes based off of also um, where Passover is in the calendar. So the, both of those, I think, follow a lunar uh, sort of thing. So that's why it changes a bit every year. It doesn't stay on just December 25th like we do with Christmas. Uh, so, you know, I get at least an extra week or two compared to when uh, Easter has fallen on really early times, like the end of March. That tends to happen sometimes. Uh, yeah, there's been times where it's even snowed a bit on Easter. Thankfully, uh, yeah, fingers crossed. I don't think we'll have to deal with that, but that does happen. Um, doesn't really matter. I still need to show up uh, no matter what. Um, so usually I'll get a different set of hymns, and there's also service music. So what service music is, is the music that's part of the liturgy, uh, and it's intertwined with the liturgy. So... Um, I'm playing at an Episcopal church, so we use the 1982 hymnal. Uh, you know, so this is what I use. Oh, so typically we have a uh, Gloria that we use. That's like a hymn of praise. Uh, Gloria and Excelsis Deo. Uh, so this is the one that I play. Well, actually, maybe I should give a little bit of an overview of the parts of the organ as well. 
You can see it looks a little similar to the piano, but the whole inside structure of how the sound is produced is quite a bit different. Uh, so we have different um, manuals that we play, and we also have the foot pedals down here, which I will show you, don't worry. That's usually what everybody wants to see. Uh, if you're any of those creepy people, you know who you are, and if you're watching the podcast right now, don't be creepy, get all the jokes out, you know. Um, what's better than roses on a piano, two lips on an organ? Ha 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 Okay, I'll give you five seconds to laugh. You only get five. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, you're done. You're done. If you're only here to be creepy and if you're one of those weird foot fetish guys, time to go. Shoot. Don't even send a DM. Don't be weird. I will block you. It's not going to be fun. Uh, so, yes. Uh, you can wonder how it is possible to play um, piano with your feet, but um, they figured it out. They made a way on the king of instruments. Um, so we have this manual that we play and also this one. Um, you can use this as like a almost a solo instrument, say. Um, eh, typically, I don't know, my own personal choices, I like to use this and then kind of keep a, an accompaniment here. Whereas with piano, you can't really bring out one voice over the other uh, because I can distribute all of these nice people here, nice people, um, these nice stops. I can distribute them among the pipe organ. Um, I don't have, I have, I've taken private lessons, but I don't have formal training on which sounds should be at one time, so I tend to go a bit by instinct. I'm a little bit of a cowgirl. Look, I even have plaid to match. I'm like a bit of a cowgirl uh, when I play pipe organ, go a bit on my own. Mm, not too crazily. Uh, I like to add some, at some hints, a lot of heavy organ. Uh, sometimes I like to add, uh, I, eh, get some advice from other organists and people who are far more learned and have a bit more experience than I do. Uh, I'm not afraid to say, uh, I don't know, I need a little bit of feedback on how I should approach this. Um, so yeah, I've taken lessons and I was mentored at my first position at St. Luke's Episcopal Church in Altoona, Pennsylvania by the Reverend Josh Shipman. Uh, he definitely saw and, and recognized that I had a gift in his words for playing the pipe organ. I still question it every day. I'm not quite sure if I do or not. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people say I seem to be a reincarnated organist. Um, it would be great to have formal private training, but it's not cheap. And uh, the return on the investment of trying to find pipe organ positions, well, in secular United States, perhaps not the market for that. If I ever um, move to Europe, perhaps that's where it's at. Okay, um, so back to the Gloria. This is a uh, setting that was composed that we play at this church by Robert Powell. Uh, so this is what it sounds like, and typically people will be singing along. Uh, and the text, if you're not really familiar um, with this more formal liturgy from the church, it is, Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, Heavenly King, Almighty God and Father, we worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for your glory. So I'll play through this uh, so you can hear what part of this sounds like. And this is usually at the beginning of the church um, service in the early part of the liturgy. Let me get my rings off here. And y'all can watch what I'm doing with my hands on this manual.
So, yep, that's what's going on there. Uh, in case you're curious about what's going on with the foot pedals, give me just a moment here to reorient you and you guys can see what's going on with the foot pedals. I just have to get this wire out of the way. Alrighty, so there's my, my feet. Uh, let me get this wire out of the way. Yeah, yeah, one day I'll come up with a better, more efficient system for this, but for now you get what you get. So here's what's happening with the foot pedals while I play. So ready? One, two, one, two, ready, go. That's really the true definition of uh, fancy feet, right? Or um, what was that? What was that penguin movie? I don't remember the name of it. Penguin movie about the feet. Let me look it up. So yes, uh, these shoes that I'm wearing are actually special shoes because they have. These are shoes that you don't wear in the streets, and they have a little heel on them that kind of helps you get from. helps you get from one place to another and you want to have like a weird technique when you're playing like you want to have almost sort of crooked feet oh it's happy feet yes yeah, so these are my happy organ feet um yeah they're old lady looking shoes it is what it is i could get fancier ones i could probably get pretty shiny red ones um but this is what i have for now it's practical i wear a lot of black things when i play um it is what it is so that's um, part of the liturgy. Sometimes you'll have a um, gospel acclamation before the gospel reading is read. Uh, in this instance, at Holy Trinity Episcopal Church, we have different sets of hymns. But before the Gloria, uh, we have hymns selected. I did not pick these. In some cases, you'll have places where you're set up more as a music director and it's your responsibility to pick the hymns. Um, in this instance, we pick uh, the um, reverend picks the hymns, and she chose this week, uh, Thou Whose Almighty Word. Now, the tune for this is Moscow, and I still don't know why it's called Moscow yet. I, I'm trying to figure this out. I'm trying to uncover what happened here. Like, was Felice de Giardini, uh, the Italian composer... It's, I say that because this is also goes. This tune also goes by the name of Italian hymn. I mean, cool. My grandpa would love that because he was full-blooded Italian, Sicilian Italian. I guess. Um, I guess he had also composed music for operas, um, but he also contributed to hymnals as well. Um, so this main tune, it sounds well. I should just play it for you, but I still don't know why it's from Moscow. Like. Why? Why is Moscow involved? I don't get it. Um, but this tune uh, is also for Come Thou Almighty King. Uh, so you'll often hear that one on Christ the King Sunday. You'll often hear that hymn. So let me play through this so you guys can hear. This is typically um, how some of the differences in sound work. I'll play this through twice and you can see 
what it is in this setting in the liturgy in this church we do um we, we'll play through the first verse to kind of familiarize people it's very mm, what do you want to say very singer friendly most of these tunes it's very focused on congregational singing you know that's a problem that i have with modern worship music that's in churches is sorry no actually i'm not sorry why would i say that i'm not sorry a lot of music that's composed by like say chris tomlin or anybody that has like a lead tenor singer it is not congregational friendly this one has four-part harmonies. You can jump in as an alto, even on the soprano line, even if you don't quite know what you're doing. You don't have to be a real soprano or alto with easy access to your head register. Your head register meaning your really high notes. Like, the average person who doesn't really know what they're doing and just wants to go along with the melody, you don't really need to have any background in music singing and how to access the upper registers of your voice as an average person. And a lot of these congregational hymn bases were from were facilitated actually by the Lutheran inspired hymnal. Uh, there was a big emphasis in the Lutheran Church of congregational singing, and a lot of hymns were incorporated in the Lutheran hymnal that facilitated and made singing and worship a very um, communal bonding uh, activity, very important to the worship. Uh, so anyway, without further ado, this is uh, this is the tune Moscow for Thou Whose Almighty Word. So here's usually how I would do an introduction, so you kind of know what's coming, you know what's happening, and then you'll be uh, ready to go. How do I? And see, I pick different, eh, however I want it to sound, whatever kind of feel I want it to have, and it's important to go with the mood of it. So there's a bit of artistic instinct involved, I would say. So. Um, but anyway, just take a listen. So I have an introduction for one verse, and then I play through the first verse, and it has a little bit more gusto to it. You'll hear a bit more. Uh, you'll hear more stops that are pulled in to kind of signal to the congregation, okay, it's your turn to sing now. So here we go. So we do. Yeah, <laughs> I hope you could hear me. Okay, uh, that's another thing about playing the pipe organ. I'll repeat all of that because I forgot I need to pull this mic down. Um, playing the pipe organ has definitely, in general, made me a better keyboardist. Uh, in general, um, 
sometimes I have met pianists that are like, I have no idea how you play piano so decently well and then can also go back and forth on the pipe organ. And I've had some people tell me they don't think it's possible to be able to play the pipe organ well and to also play the piano well. I say that's just an excuse and you really need to stop being a uh, wuss, I think. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I'm calling you out. Whoever you are, whoever, whatever organist is listening, I, I'm asking for it. I'm goading for maybe a little bit of a criticism here. But anyway, making a mistake on the pipe organ is very loud, very proud. So you just kind of have to own it when you make a mistake and not think about it too much. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, think about it, but you, you got to let it go. It's like, well, everybody heard that. Everybody heard that problem. Like, whoopsie. All right. Woo, breathe. Try not to do that again on the next verse or keep doing it so that people think you meant to do that. <laughs> uh, so yes, that is Moscow. Um, it's in a triple meter and uh, it's a nice tune. It's, it's uh, nice and cheery. It's in the beautiful key of F major. So yeah. Um, so like I said before, sometimes there will be a gospel introduction uh, like in the Lutheran church, they sing, Alleluia, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia, Alleluia. Um, but in this instance, we don't have that here in the Episcopal church. Uh, we have a gospel hymn. So uh, let me double check the selection of what the reverend would like to share with the congregation in that instance. Alrighty. So we also have Oh, sorry. Had a friend emergency. Okay. Wow. All right. We've had a good anyway. Let me get back on track here. So the priest had also asked for um, 493. Actually, I don't know if this is the introduction. I think this is actually the ending hymn. So that's my mistake. Either way, you get the idea. It's still a congregational hymn, and I would still most likely put it together in the same sort of uh, fashion. Um, so, all right. Oh, this one's fun. So this is uh, number 493 in the 1982 hymnal. It's 04,000 Tongues to Sing. And the words were by Charles Wesley, the founder of Methodism. Um, and uh, the tune Asman, it was adapted by Lowell Mason. Uh, I don't really know a lot about the tune Asman. I couldn't... I, I, I don't know the basis of the tune for that, like what the backstory is. And some of them don't have really cool backstories when it comes to the tune. And some do. Uh, but Charles Wesley had a cool story where he had a very tra spiritually transformative experience uh, finding belief in in Christ and in the gospel for him. him. Um, he had issues with drinking. Uh, he... Uh, also, his mother thought that, you know, his whole faith thing was just something impulsive and on a whim, and she wasn't really sure that she believed that he was true in what he was doing. Um, but, you know, he ended up having a lasting change in his life, so that's inspiring and nice to hear. And uh, these words were 
the word the origin of these words were Charles Wesley. So uh, typically, if this if this one's a pretty fun one, I try not to drag on it too much because if it's too slow, man, you're gonna put people to sleep. That's not and that's just not right. I can't. I don't feel right. Like this feels like a sin. This is terrible. Uh, so I like to keep it peppy, and so this is what I would do. And I, I usually drag the con congregation along a little bit. Sorry, guys. Hope you don't hate me too much for that. But here's what I usually do whenever I'm approaching this hymn. I keep it loud. I keep it a bit, not loud. I keep the organ full um, to kind of inspire people to really present their, their praises. You know, I try to inspire people with that. That's one thing I do love about the pipe organ is I have so many options about how I can voice things and how I can uh, present this piece and go with the emotion and the feeling of it. So here we go. Take a listen, everybody. Ready, set, here we go. Introducing the melody, perhaps, if you're not familiar with it. And again, just to repeat, because I keep forgetting to bring the mic up and down, up and down. Um, you must do your scales and your arpeggios. Now, I was playing with a little bit more of a piano technique. The difference between piano and pipe organ is you want to do more. You don't have to do as much of this motion because you don't need the weight from your arms to make the mechanisms uh, that produce the sound to actually work. All you have to do is... So there's a lot of things called finger substitutions we have to replace. So if I want to go... Look at that. I have to replace these fingers uh, just so you could get a closer look of what that looks like, what substitution is. Take a look. Whereas piano, you could just kind of drag and drop, drag and drop. But pipe organ, not so, because once you lift your fingers up off of the pipe organ, then you stop the sound completely. But we still want to create that long lyrical line when we're uh, we are playing. Alrighty, let's get down to business. I'll do this with, let's hope and pray for less mistakes. Ready, set, here we go.
There you go. Um, I have no, perhaps, large things or, or sort of insightful things to say about oh, 4,000 Tongues to Sing, but you really want to, here's an example of if I would play this and it had a really light setting, so the um, I'm using light stops to play this, it just wouldn't sound right because it's very bombastic and the meter of it is like if I'm doing That's just not enough. Now this is enough. This calls for some heavy organ. So, okay. Uh, so that's something else that's on deck for this week. Uh, let's take a look at one of the other hymns that the congregation will be singing. I'm pretty sure it's 436. Or 439. There we go. Okay, so for this one. Oh, we meet again. This is one of my, between you and me, as long as you can keep a secret, this is one of my least favorite hymn tunes. I don't pitch a fit and say, no, I'm not going to play this, blah, blah, blah. But it is most definitely one of my least favorites. So, what wondrous love is this? Um, it is from the Southern Harmony, and it is an American folk hymn. But look, I'm wearing plaid. I'm in a vest. I look very American today. So, you know, at least I'm wearing my America, um, my America uniform. That's what we do. So, uh can't believe I just said that. So without further ado, uh, let me play through this to make sure I can play it well. Here we go. Ooh, not that one. let you guys see what I'm doing with the foot pedals so you can get a look at that. Let me get you down here. If you're watching via video, I am actually moving the camera so you can see what's happening with the foot pedals. But if you're not, uh, that's what all that was. So let's see. I'll go a little slower because I really don't think this one calls for going too quickly. So let's give it a go. Let me start there. Mm -hmm. 
my apologies for some of those mistakes. Hopefully you probably heard the panic breathing as I made a couple mistakes there. So yeah, there's What Wondrous Love Is This, perhaps not one of my personal favorites, but it ain't about me. It's about what is good for the congregation, what fits with the liturgy. Uh, and typically hymns are, no, they're not just picked, oh, because they sound good. The people that pick them are putting thought into what they choose to make sure that it fits with what is in the lectionary. Um, and the lectionary is the set of texts uh, from the Bible that are spoken throughout the year and where you get your sermon basis from, uh, reflections, the homily and whatnot. Uh, and typically you, if you're a reverend or you're a music director that wants to be liturgically informed, you're going to try to pick uh, hymns that will reflect and reiterate and affirm the gospel message. Um, perhaps maybe they'll pick from other texts as well. Oh, crickety crackety. Huh. These old buildings, they kind of crinkle and stuff. It's really cool. Uh, so yeah. Um, so that was fun. Uh, so those are the three hymns for this week. We also have other uh, liturgical music that is uh, part of it. We also we have a Sanctus. Uh, this is what the Sanctus here. This is uh, again by Robert Powell, so it's all part of that same family. This goes... So the text to this, it's part of the Eucharist, which is um, taking communion. This is, holy, 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 Lord God of power and might. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Um, so another piece that we have, this is the um, Fraction Anthem. And this one we have a selection from Schubert, from Deutsche Messe. So uh, I'll play this one. We do a little introduction. Uh, typically it doesn't have an introduction, but for us we have. text for the fraction anthem is Jesus Lamb of God have mercy on us Jesus bearer of our sins have mercy on us Jesus Redeemer Redeemer of the world give us your peace give us your peace um, so uh, basically I made my way to the pipe organ I was going to study it while I was a student at Penn State University and I um, was studying keyboard with Dr. Tim Schaefer 
I was also going to take pipe organ studies, but it was a bit expensive to continue studying there, and I'm a pretty average person of average means. But this was like beyond average. When you have to practice six hours a day, and if you have to work and support yourself, it's a little hard to do. But hey, I still found my way to the instrument. Um, I do have a personal goal of perhaps improving myself and doing a bit better. I think that would be great, because uh, I really don't think my technique is always exactly where I need it to be. Um, but yeah, playing the pipe organ is a lifelong thing for me. I can, I think, uh, I've had a lot of people tell me that I have a natural, uh, proclivity towards it and good instincts as an organist. Uh, I haven't been fired <laughs> from any organist positions yet, so, <laughs> uh, it's fun. Uh, in the United States, it feels a bit like a dying art, but it sounds like there's a bit more appreciation for it, I think, in Europe. A lot of people have told me they've done really well, or at least that's what I've heard. Uh, doing well as organists. A little hard in the United States. Um, a lot of people are dying off. Uh, a lot of congregations themselves are dying off. So um, I appreciate the opportunity to be able to get up on a Sunday morning and to play pipe organ Christmas Eve and Easter and be part of people's integral memories uh, from growing up. And, you know, there's just a lot to be said for the tradition of it. These pipe organ and these things don't go away because they're just so majestic uh super cool instruments and it's called uh the king of instruments actually because it's capable of so much and it's you're able to command so much texture and it gets your full body involved so it's uh really cool and I'm, i consider myself lucky to have the opportunity to play this instrument and that i've had teachers and that i have congregations that suffered through perhaps not my best <laughs> Uh, periods as an artist and I hope that my best days as an organist are yet to come uh, so yeah uh, thank you for listening to this episode featuring the pipe organ and so I hope to make this a bit of a regular thing but this was my test run and I hope you enjoyed so talk to you next time bye <laughs>